Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Rock with Success, a digital media source for professional and entrepreneurial women. Did you know that we can be found on Google Play, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV, Sam's Broadcasting, Autocast, and more? Women Who Rock with Success airs live each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central Time. Followed by our latest brand, Women Who Rock Investigates. We handpick professional women in many areas who can provide credible information in their field to build your business and lifestyle. To learn more about us, just visit our website at www.womenwhorockwithsuccess.com. And good morning, and welcome to Women Who Rock With Success. And we're so delighted that you tuned in with us this Thursday um, to be able to get more tools, resources for your business. And so today we're going to be talking about the tech world, and we're going to be talking about women in the tech world. And a lot of times we um, sometimes, uh, you know, even during the pandemic, there has been some challenges with women, and there has been challenges in areas where uh, women are trying to thrive in the digital world. So today, we have a guest with us that's going to be able to share information with us in regards to that, and she is none other than Miss Natalia Nicholson. And so good morning, and welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. It's so lovely to hear your accent. <laughs> the fresh oh, fresh I air, the welcome. Lovely to be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, great. So, look, tell us a little bit about you first before we get into these topics that we're going to be discussing today. Let the audience know a little bit um, about you as to how you became um, uh, more like an inspirator. You can be able to speak on many topics, uh, which I've read uh, some of your articles um, that you have shared online. And so just uh, give us a little bit of the meat and potatoes about you. Yeah, sure. So I very much started off as a marketing graduate, and once leaving university, I was working in the corporate world, um, and sometimes I think when you're in the corporate world, you can get a bit too big for your boots. <laughs> so from there, mm-hmm. I started my first e-commerce business in 2003. So back then, we never had cloud systems. There was no canvas. <laughs> you know, there was not the technology mm-hmm. nowadays that we're so used to, and it's second nature. You know, you have to get a specialist to do everything, and that costs a lot of money. So my first mm-hmm. business was an e-commerce store, and that's how I really got into tech. But as a marketing graduate, can you believe the mistake I made was just spending too much money on marketing and not getting that return on investment? And also working in the corporate world where you're in an environment where you think, you know, money's endless, it, it seems really easy, and you go out and do it by yourself. And that, my mentality was just all wrong. So from there, that business actually sunk. Um, and then I actually got into grassroots business where I started a cleaning company, but raised that to a mm-hmm. turnover of over a million with national contracts, literally from starting to clean houses myself. So. It was a humbling experience, but it was an experience that I needed because it really just taught me about the commercial element of business and really understanding grassroots, supply and demand, marketplace. So it was great. And then from there, I just felt like, you know, I want to help other people like myself. Coming from a West Indian, a Caribbean background, um, I just started to notice the older that I was getting that actually... 
you know, why has it got to be so much more harder? But at the same time, there was always that determination there because, you know, our forefathers, our history, they had it so much more tougher. It just gave me that resilience that I'm going to break through because actually it could be a lot worse. But at the same time, there was things that would just hurt my heart that it just shouldn't be the way that it is. Um, and that's how I really got into coaching to help other female business owners like myself. And then I just couldn't leave it alone. I'm an entrepreneur at heart and really wanted to get back into the business space. So built my own e-commerce site selling gifts, uh, mainly candles. And then I just fell into digital marketing completely by mistake from there. And I think it's just a mixture of the skill sets of really understanding marketing, businesses, the sailing my way through experiences as a black woman, you know, culturally, everything mm-hmm. combined together just gave me a different insight into the tech world and what you would usually see with the typical tech guy. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Great. So I just wanted to make a notation on that, too. I love your voice as well. I have recently, we have gotten a lot of um, interview pitches and what have you with UK, you know, women from the UK, and I just love it. I really do. So kudos to your voice. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Cool. So understood. It it is, it is, it is. You you're okay. So, um we're gonna um get into we're gonna get into the first topic and this is gonna be talking about gender dis uh dispar uh diversities. And we know that um women are um, they're not the dominant role in corporate America positions. They're not the dominant role in a lot of things. Uh, we're going to say uh, Christianity. They're not the dominant role in in uh, uh, startup businesses. They're not the dominant role in CEOs. And sometimes women will pull back to men simply because of the fact that they um, may have been shunned or what have you from um, you know, specific um, areas in business because they, you know, they be attacked, you know, by their character and their gender. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, about the gender diversities mm-hmm. in the tech world. And so elaborate with that uh, with the audience in regards to that topic. Yeah, sure. Um, it's such a hard one. I, I actually run a program called Unremarkable, and it's really about teaching women to just be more out there in terms of self-promoting themselves. Now, some people would say, you know, but we do that. Um, But actually, you're right, we don't. And especially in the tech world where it's so male-dominated. And even when you look at tech Mm -hmm. businesses and how they started, you know, um, Capital Venturist, you know, out of every pound they invest, only 11p goes to women. And when you throw diversity into that number, it becomes about 4p. And the irony of this is, this is actually something that I actually want to celebrate more than even just looking at, okay, what can we do? There's a lot of things that we need to do, and self-promotion is one of them. We have got to become more confident in speaking out. I think as women, and especially women of colour or underrepresented women, we wear this invisible cloak. Um, We've got so many things going on, a mum, a wife, a daughter, a niece, a friend, a business owner, an entrepreneur, Uh, middle management Mm -hmm. leadership there's so many things that we have to do we're so used to doing it that we just get on with it and we're not saying anything and that's definitely one Mm -hmm. of the problems and we need to feel more comfortable to speak out more and not care so much what people think the thing we need to celebrate is actually don't think that these organizations in this industry are not noting us because oh boy they are 
because we have got this brilliant innate ability to be able to look at things from a humane, a commercial and a tech point of view, which their traditional, mm-hmm. you know, white middle class man that is sitting in the tech world, um, it's not about being prejudiced. The UK is very different to the US. I feel like you guys get to be a lot more liberal in terms of just calling it what it is. Um, here in the UK, okay. we tend to, you know, if you, you know, if you turn around and say white middle male, it's like, well, that's not fair. Well, hey, it's not fair being a woman of colour. We can play this game all day long. <laughs> so we go about things in a really more polite manner here in the UK. The Brits are the best at saying the worst thing in the politest way, um, where the American culture, I think, is more in your face. You know, if you're not welcome, you're, it will be made known to you. But having known, we need to celebrate big organisations, Johnson & Johnson, Walmart, um, you know, just huge international organizations, American Express, MasterCard, they are all getting to really understand that actually when you put a woman, and not just a woman, a woman from an ethnic background within a position of whether it be a CEO and especially in the tech industry, the results are amazing. So now your Silicon Valley, your FinTech, they're waking up. They are understanding that they need women, and now they're understanding actually let's have some you know, women from ethnic backgrounds. So if there was ever a time where you're going to speak up, speak out, be heard, and it's okay to say I'm good at something, it is actually now because a lot of these industries have got million-pound research that shows these are the groups that are rocking it. These are the groups that will make us more money. Okay, great. So um, we we want to kind of hit on some topics um, in regards to the tech world. So we know that uh, you know after the death of um, the 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 Apple giant uh, Tim Cook was put in his place, or you know um, hired in his place. And so here's a quotation from him, um, and it states that he says, "Lack of diversity in tech is our fault." So do you feel that it was because I know he had received some backlash as well before as to women in uh, certain leadership positions, or I don't know if it had anything to do with the tech world. I did not read that article in its totality, but I know that um, there were some controversial issues back here a couple of years ago about him um, um, against women or something like that, and so it was a big uproar here in the U.S. and what have you. So why do you think in your terms that he feel that it's his fault or our fault as to the diversity in tech? Um, I'm going to be really honest and frank, and I have to answer that as a woman and a woman of color. Um, I feel like he felt it was okay to say that, just as many men in his position feel that it's okay to say that or even think it if they know that there was going to be a backlash, because everybody's on their P's and Q's and are, you know, very politically correct nowadays because they don't want to rock the boat, mm-hmm. get bad publicity, or, you know, have mm-hmm. a backlash. Um, but I think many men think like him, and it's based upon the fact of, I'm just going to say it as it is, it's based on white supremacy. I'm sorry. Because in your mind, I, I had someone actually reply to a LinkedIn post um, that I put out about having open, honest conversations. And we're never going to mm-hmm. reach equality because no one wants to have an open, honest conversation. And this guy mm-hmm. decided to put on my timeline, and this is an exact example of why he felt it was okay to say this. So his reply to my blog that I'd written about Harry and Meghan and having open and honest conversations was, and he mm. said it very eloquently, like I said, Brits are very good at this, 
Um, and he basically responded by saying, well, things have changed so much. I just feel like we're having too many conversations about this. We've reached a time and an age where diversity, inclusion is being spoken about and things are changing. If we looked at how things were 30 years ago and we look at how them now, I don't feel like we need this amount of conversation. And I feel like he pretty much echoes the same. Because it appears that there's equality because, you know, we can actually work and we can actually set up and run our own businesses and, you know, we've been given more rights over the years and we're seen in particular positions, we should be grateful for that. And actually, if we wanted to get into tech more or do anything, who's stopping us? You know, we can just get there. Um, the, the thought that there could be institutionalizing racism, the thought that you could have a management team within your organization that doesn't embrace this group isn't there for him because all he can see is that you've got more rights now than you ever have, so make it happen. Oh, so oh, wow. that's why I personally think, yep, he felt it was okay to make that comment. Um, I, I just feel like worldwide, one of the problems is with diversity is it is institutionalized. It's a way of thinking. If you mm-hmm. just go into Google or look into the media, you'll see the same images over and over again within particular topics. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel these conversations are important, but he felt comfortable to say that because he felt like, you know, you can go to school, you can study it. If you want to get a job in it, what, what other help do you need? But it's people's attitudes, um, you know, around diversity, around women, about being in an environment that they're comfortable with and made welcome. As far as he's concerned, it's neither here nor there. You're lucky you can study and get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he, he kind of, uh, I think uh, on one of his comments, he sort of stuck his foot in his mouth. And so um, um, it appears as recent articles has been, you know, updated in regards to um, his um his take on women in technology and what have you, it has improved um, uh, tremendously. And um, and this is going to lead us to the next uh, uh, topic that we're going to be discussing because um, on some of his articles he's seen with women and they are women of color, you know. And a lot of times we have to, you know, kind of make sure that we're not being um, – bias, I guess I could be able to use that word, as to who should be in a a specific uh, role or position, whether it's, um, you know, women of color or whether it's women all together. So this is what we're going to be uh, going to Mm -hmm. next. And the next topic we're going to uh, talk about is culture diversities. And so with culture diversities, you know, um, uh, Natalia, uh, women have really been – um, uh, well, women of color, let's go ahead and just say it. <laughs> women of color have actually <laughs> gone through some issues. <laughs> we we have really gone through some issues, have been at the bottom of the barrel, and then we have to raise our hand. It's our turn to go next, you know, what have you. And so I think this is, is, is a huge bias, you know, um, in, in, the, in the tech world uh, with women trying to learn in certain um, 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 areas, especially when when it comes to uh, culture. So first, uh, you know, um, African-Americans were, well, I hate to use this word, but they were Negroes. And then now it's uh, Afro, and then it's African-Americans. So now it's uh, we're women of color. So now it's brown and black people. <laughs> so we yeah. constantly change all the time, and we shouldn't. It shouldn't. It's. I mean, I don't know who's 
who may be behind um, the, the changing of the content, but our um, skin color changes so much, which can cause sometimes conflict, and then sometimes it can kind of um, uh, stereotype us in other ways when it comes to looking for um, advancement in the tech world. So kind of talk to us a little bit about that, and as far as cultural diverse, diversities are concerned in the tech world with women. Yeah, I think in the in the tech world, there's kind of a little culture and uniform that goes on when you come from the tech world of, you know, who could be the most intelligent when it comes to programming, coding, and more of your traditional tech positions. But as we've watched the world go digital in the last 10 years, and more so since this pandemic, it's changed a lot because you could be the great, greatest coder, hacker, create a black market, you know, and be really into the heavy tech stuff, which is what the tech industry is known about. The problem is, is if you don't Mm -hmm. understand business commercially and you don't understand the need for what you've created, it's just a great invention. You know, when we look at great inventors, um, you know, even Thomas Edison, the amount of great things that he made, it's not until you can actually bring it to market and actually figure out, okay, what is the need for this invention and what challenge does it solve and how it's going to be bought? Will it actually even be accepted or made money? And I think the tech industry has grown a lot more commercially over the last 10, 20 years as it was when it first started, where it was just about, you know, having this high stream of intelligence. Now, as the tech industry grows, it's kind of like, well, is it intelligence? Because (laughs) my dad always used to say something to me, common's not common. Um, without common sense, you can be the most highly intelligent person in the world with the greatest IQ. That doesn't translate into a profitable business. Um, so mm-hmm. first and foremost, it's like we need to address how much the tech industry becomes digital. It's not just tech anymore. And when it comes to women of colour within the tech industry, you are dealing with a lot of, let's call it old school people to make it sound a lot more politically correct, that have got ideologies and have got beliefs and blueprints that were very much built on a world that is racist. And you're right, when it comes to labels, I think it's important for women of colour not to place labels on ourselves. Um, I've always said it to people, and my dad always said it to me from being a young girl, do you not find it strange that somebody's not called Chinese-American? They're not called Indian-American. You know, they're, they're not called um, even Haitian-American, even if you want to bring, like, certain West Indian islands into it. It's, and it's funny how black people in America are called African-Americans. Like, why is it that label just exists to this one community out of all the communities in the world? And like you said, we've watched it go from Negroes to African-American to people of colour to... The expression here in the UK is brown, brown, sage, black, orange. It's basically just labelling it as colour. And we have to keep mm-hmm. being put into this, you know, label system. The one that kills me the mm-hmm. most here in the UK is called the Bane community. So that's black, Asian, minority, ethnic. Now, how derogatory can that be? And I know coming from a Caribbean background, I'm not in the same community and group as someone that comes from an Asian background. We have two completely different cultures, but you're grouped together because you're a minority. So what do you mm-hmm. call the masses? So I feel like as women, we have to own it. So now, if how you see my hair, if it's not as you want it to be in slick, that's my hair. And, you know, how I might articulate myself when I'm trying to explain something, whether it might come across as being blunt 
Or I don't know if you guys experience this, that when you're passionate, all of a sudden you're the angry black woman. The possibility mm-hmm. of being passionate about something goes out the window. There's a, there's a sense of you have to be authentic to yourself um, and not mm-hmm. take those labels on board and really understand what your greatness is and understand that you wouldn't even be in that position if they didn't need something from you whether that be an insight or something's missing from that organisation for you to be there. And you need to wear that with pride, like a badge, like a cloak, and understand why you are somewhere. At the same time, you do also need to learn their language just to make sure that, you know, you're communicating and being understood. It's pointless being in the room with one person speaking Chinese and the other person uh, speaking Mandarin. You're not going to understand each other. So we still have mm-hmm. to understand the culture of the tech world, but they, you also need to not let your culture and who you are as an individual go to the late, the, you know, go to the wayside and it just sits there and you start to become someone different. You know, how many of us mm-hmm. as women, and I'm, I do it. You go into a boardroom, you speak a certain language, you dress a certain way, you put yourself in mode, and then you come out and you might phone your girlfriend, you're like, girl, and you could go off into one because you have your own language and dialect. And I'm not saying that you Mm -hmm. need to take that into a boardroom, but there has to be an element of you being true to yourself. Just like when it's Hanukkah um, and Jewish people might say, we're going on holidays, we're doing X, Y, and Z. It's respected. Um, and I just mm-hmm. think, yeah, culturally, it probably galls me as well that it's really funny that the leading culture, especially for me here in the UK, um, you know, coming from a Caribbean background, my parents were born in Jamaica. They came here in the wind rush. So when I see things like music and fashion, like I remember the names that I used to be called at school. I'm 43, so I've seen a different type of racism to what a 20-year-old would. And to know that all these okay. things about lips, bums, they've all come full circle and they're now mainstream. They're just not mainstream by us. So we just need to remember that and be proud and make sure we hold our own more. We have to just speak up more, but do it with grace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with everything that you um, um, have stated. Um, and um, it's... Um, not, I don't know. I think I will keep that opinion to myself, but I do want to be able to elaborate on several articles. <laughs> on, on several articles, <laughs> on several articles that have been published. Now look, they're saying in the United States, and I believe it. You know, and I just completed um, uh, uh, a degree myself. <laughs> she can't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they they had they okay and and it was a um it was a reputable publisher that I was reading the book it was like a class that I you know had to take in course and what have you and it was in communication so but there are articles also that to validate what the, what this author had published in one of our um, courses online and by 2032 this is for the United States now. In twenty by twenty thirty two, people of color will be a majority. Now twenty thirty two is not that long. That's like what eleven years from now, or something like that. In the year of twenty thirty two, the majority of the American working class, we will be the majority in the working class. So um, there are some things that are going on that I cannot. Um, um, perhaps maybe mentioned because you know you have to have proof to validate your claim yes. and what have you. But there are laws that are have been rewritten, you know, and and it's kind of it's it's well one of them. It's it's not a um, 
it's not a secret. One of the laws that in our state here in Tennessee, they're giving them weapons. They're allowing them to carry weapons without a permit. And so uh, crime is very, very high in the state of Tennessee. So I said, okay, now this is what it appears. I think we can use that word as a legal term, appears. It appears that if, 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 if you are aware, if people in, in legislation is aware of the statistics that are actually coming to pass, then why would you change laws to cripple a certain culture? Why would you do that? Because people are going to be, be you know, gunfire is going to be going off <laughs> everywhere. If yeah. you give them a gun, and then, too, prisons are going to be built simply because you're going to have to be able to load the people up in these paddy wagons and put them in the prison, what have you. But it appears that there are a lot of laws that are changing um, in regards to a lot of things in regards to people of color, like um, I think the, the, the state of Georgia just a couple of days ago had went in and signed a bill, the governor did, where um, uh, voter suppression, you know, this voter suppression, and all of the other states are jumping on it too. <laughs> They're jumping on it where um, individuals, if they, they have to have ID, which that's common sense. You, you should not want to try to vote without an ID. But they're telling them if the lines are long due to people trying to, you know, um, uh, protect themselves with the COVID and what have you, they are um, uh, telling them, look, you're, you're not going to get any water. We're not going to give you anything. You're going to be out there at your own risk. They are actually making it hard for people of color because people of color are the only ones that are standing in these lines when it comes to voting. And some people do not have IDs for certain reasons. I'm not for sure as to why they have not gotten an ID. But it seems like with just these headline articles and news reports that has been released for the last two to three years, it seems like a lot is going on um, in regards mm-hmm. to continue to muffle the women of color and people in diversity. Yeah, yeah. That's so sad, a lot of what you just said, by the way. Um, and I, I yeah, I would totally I would totally agree with that. And I think one of the things that we need to keep keep doing is to speak it up. It's so, 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 so important. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at all the changes that's occurred within our community, not just within the tech community, it comes from people speaking out and calling things out. Um, and it's just mm-hmm. about how you do it. Um, you know, how you do it's really, really important okay. that it can be resonated. And the internet, an amazing mm-hmm. tool <laughs> born out of tech that gives yeah. people a voice that can be heard now worldwide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so um, um, I agree with you that we have to, I mean, people have to maintain their voice in order for um you know things to make making sure that everyone is being treated that's a, that's a that's a high um that's a high relevance of those being able to you know um you know the african americans will be the majority in 2032 that's kind of powerful so well, we're gonna, we're, i always tell my children this by the way i always explain to them in this country people are going to call you a minority but I want you to understand that when you look at the world, like actually get the globe out, <laughs> and I and I talk them through the continent, and I t- I explain to them that this part of Asia you'll see people that will look like this, and you know some people refer to them as brown people, 
you've got the UAE mm-hmm. and the Arabs, you've got North Africa, and I will literally explain all the countries, and then I will explain it to them that, and I, I actually asked the question to my seven-year-olds, I said, so who do you think the majority is in terms of the world? And he turned around and said, bad people! <laughs> so I think there's a lesson in that, <laughs> yeah. that when we start okay. to look globally, yeah. we are not a minority by any means. <laughs> we're, we're really not. Um, and I think we need to remember that more as well. Um, you know, you've got the ability to, you've got the ability to change things. Sometimes things are unfair and unjust, but we have more leeway now than we ever have begun. begun oh, have gotten. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. And I think for me, even the whole women in digital business I put together, that's the reason why I grew that community. It's to attract women internationally that are specifically in the digital world because we are power in numbers and we can get more things done. Even I've attached a crowd fund where I raise money. So at the end of the program, certain women will get funded. Um, I think I've reached a stage for me in my career where I'm kind of done. And what I mean by that is I feel like it's almost like we have to create our own thing. And it's not just the person of colour. There are many people that get discriminated upon. And if we're really going to reach that point of equality where people are treated fairly, um, you know, there has to be equality for all groups. But I think for me, my thing is, you're right. What is it about people of colour that is relentless? From slavery to now, it's relentless. What is it about this group of people that there are so many laws and so many things happen that come to hold us down. Um, But I think we need to remember again the celebration and the strength of that is actually where the one group that always fight and resist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where the one group Mm -hmm. that keep coming back and we will face adversity. And I just feel like we need to keep having that energy as we break through all the moulds, especially in the tech industry as well. And I think women are at the forefront of really breaking some norms within the tech industry and breaking into that world and as we get higher up the food chain and there's more of us that are higher up the more we can then make changes and implement things um you know sometimes Mm -hmm. women will go into an organization and not always support the next woman underneath her um it research shows it that that's not me making an opinion if you go to research done by american express in the harvard school it will tell you that that's what they're finding reports done and we need to remind ourselves mm-hmm. to keep lifting one another up. The more of us that there are, is the more change that will come about. And it goes back to what you're saying. If there is more of us um, as we keep growing, even in the United States of America, that's a strength. That's not a weakness. Other people may see us as a threat, not going to mention who, but that gives us strength. And I just feel like we need to recognize our strength within it's time to kind of stand up, help one another up and come together more as a community, but do things a lot more smartly. I think in the past, there's a lot of things that have been done in terms of laws and legislations that have been passed that have encouraged the women of colour to really climb the career ladder, um, whether that be it, it has an effect on her family or other areas of her community. Um, there's a lot of psychology that's been worked over the decades in terms of our group in what we can and can't do. But it's definitely time to um, rise above it. We're just the perfect group of people because we are just so great. We've got grit, we've got tenacity, we've got intelligence, we lead. Um, I tell my husband all the time, I am the lioness because if you watch lions, the man actually sits there while the woman goes to hunt, brings everything back, she looks after the cubs. 
And it's only when, like, the woman gets herself into problems when she's hunting that the lion will wake up and say, okay, you can sit down now, I'll deal with this. <laughs> and mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like that's true of life as well. <laughs> so we've, we've just been given a gift by God. And, you, yeah, you've got to rule your way through it. But it really just starts with standing up and saying, I am important, I am a voice. My voice is equal as anybody else's. I am good at my job, I'm good at running my business, I'm good at what I do, and I know it because of X. But wearing that, like I said, with grace and not giving other communities or businesses or heads of tech that against you. It does become a bit of a psychological warfare, but you have to have that confidence within yourself. Okay, okay, great. So we're running out of time, but certainly we Sorry. will have you back on the... No, 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 you're good. Very, very informative information. This is what uh, we are looking, we're seeking, and then we'll look back on this and say, okay, you know what, she was right of what she said. we got to not be silent. We have to keep uh, being motivated to be able to speak out against these disparities that we um, go through as women and especially as women in color, uh, women of color. And so, uh, however, though, before you go, we want you to be able to share with the listeners as to how to uh, connect with you, um, any publications that you would like to share uh, with um uh, articles that you would like to share uh, with the listeners, any uh, platforms that they can be able to follow you on social media, you can be able to do that at this time. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I, it's Natalia Nicholson on LinkedIn. Um, I run an organization, a group, I'd like to say a community, um, called Women in Digital Business. And we do, we run masterminds, we've got a membership site being open. Mm-hmm. And we've also got an amazing crowdfund called Yay, You Are Important, where I actually deliver diversity workshops. And the money that I raise from that goes back to the women to get funding. So just logging on to nataliannicholson.com. Please do register details to make sure that you're on there because the next round opens in June. And the women that apply for the mastermind are eligible for funding. And we do that from diversity workshops. Instagram again, nataliannicholson.com or women in digital business. I've actually been um, disabled on Instagram temporarily for a post that I put up. <laughs> I mean, this is what happens when you can be too outspoken. Um, but you'll still find me under women in digital business and the same on Facebook, Natalia Nicholson official and women in digital business. So please do come into the community. And um, because I have, I've got a big D in my bonnet to really get underrepresented women in the digital and tech space together and do some great. Okay, okay, great. We have got a ton of information from you, and we're going to have you back on the show so we can be able to finish up <laughs> finish up what we started, and, and it will be in regards to the IT disparities, and then some more uh, important articles that you have shared um, on your site as well, because some things need attention, and that's the purpose of uh, blogging, and that's the purpose of writing articles, is to be able to get the attention of the people, and then they, you know, you can be able to share your opinions as well, which I think is very, very important. So thank you once again, Natalia, for being our guest on the show today. And listeners, you can also stay connected with us on our website at www.womenwhorock.com. 
www.womenwhorockinvestigatewithsuccess.com. Also, uh, we will be uh, with Women Who Rock Investigates, and that's going to be next Thursday, and that's going to be at 10 o'clock a.m. We have not had an interview or a show in about a couple of weeks, but we're going to get back into that in a couple of more weeks. So thank you once again, one more time, Natalia, for being our guest, and have a great day. Thank you very much. Um, lovely to be here with you guys, and have a blessed day. Well, thank you.